very quickly. My wife is quickly running into the back. We have a quick little presentation. Today, there is a, I don't know if you all know as we are responsible for being behind this pulpit and to have a word for you. I tell Sister Grant I'm always a nervous wreck and extremely stressed out. Don't get much sleep the night before. I hold it as a high duty and a high responsibility. And it's very, very, very difficult. I was telling the Lord yesterday that how can someone step behind a pulpit Take on such a good, uh, such a tremendous responsibility, and look out into the congregation, and see people from all different walks of life going through all different seasons of their lives, all different cultures, backgrounds, and beliefs, and to be able to give a word that is accurate for the hour. Amen. And so I told the Lord, "No man can do that; only you can, Lord." So I asked that the Lord gave me some direction yesterday in prayer, and I felt it so strongly pressed upon my spirit. Talk a little bit about storms this morning. I feel them in here in the midst of a storm. I have some words of encouragement for you. Amen. Matthew chapter 14. If you'll stand with me, I'll read very quickly in the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. One of my favorite stories in the gospel. The Bible says, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the water, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and cried, It is a spirit, for in fear. Verse 27, straightway Jesus said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Jesus answered him, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, and he said to him, Come. And when Peter was come down from out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached or stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, and you may be seated. Lord, thank you. God, for trusting me with this duty. Touch your word, bless it, anoint it, use it for your kingdom. Touch every honest heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Give honor to my pastor for this opportunity to minister to you once more. Storms, if there is an area in the United States that knows mostly about storms, it is southeast Texas. And some of you know we're in the middle of what is known as hurricane season. It's, the, it's the, the dates for hurricane season is June 1st to the end of November, November 30th. 
in this season of storms that makes everybody uneasy. I remember driving down the highway as I do that for work, and I could see on the billboards or some of those highway alert signs that let you know and caution you and let you know that it is hurricane season and so to be prepared in case a storm comes. And I've learned that sometimes storms can form on a whim without you even knowing about it or without a moment's notice. And it's even scarier when you're out on the water when it happens. Psalm 107, verse 23 to 27 says this, that they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and at our, their wits end. I can remember many times we would go on our men's fishing trip to Lake Livingston. Some of our guys here can attest to that. that there's a little island in the middle of Lake Livingston that, um, that Brother Grant loves to fish off of. He thinks we catch a lot of fish there. He thinks we do. So he always likes to go out there, and we all go out there together, and it's an island out in the middle of Lake, Lake Livingston. Lake Livingston is a huge lake. I can remember many times being on that lake and seeing the sunshine, and we're catching good fish, and before I know it, the wind begins to pick up fairly quickly. The clouds begin to come in. The sun is covered. And before you know it, a little storm is brewing on the lake without any of us having any foreknowledge of that happening. As a matter of fact, we usually check the, the weather app, and it says sun, sunny skies and smooth sailing. And I've been on the middle of the lake many times where all of a sudden these waves begin to pick up. And the next thing you know, we are pulling up the anchor, and we're trying to get back onto shore as quickly as possible. So storms come very, very, very quickly, and many times they can come unexpectedly. I quickly looked on, on Google, and I typed in how are hurricanes categorized. And it says here, hurricanes are categorized by what is known as the Saphir Sapphire Symposium Scale, if I'm saying that right. This scale is based on wind speed only. And the strength of the winds are proportional to the damage that they cause. In other words, the stronger the wind, the more the damage. And so we know that winds can be extremely powerful. As a matter of fact, Scripture references the Holy Ghost to the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And the wind is powerful. But another aspect about the wind that I want to share with you this morning is that the wind can be very deceptive. What do you mean? Just wait for a good, bad storm to come by. And if you don't believe in night lights, you will pretty quickly. Lay there in the dark, and all of a sudden, that wind can make noises and things creak. Shadows seem larger than what they really are. The wind has the ability to distort our senses and make things seem there when they really aren't. It's when that child is awoken in the middle of the night and screams 
And her father comes into the room and he says these words. It's okay, baby. It's only the wind. Verse 26 says, When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Nowhere in Scripture has ghost been mentioned. But wind has an ability to make 12 grown men believe in a ghost that doesn't really exist. And so what I want to talk to us this morning about, I felt the Lord impressed to me on prayer, in prayer was not the physical storms that attack our bodies, spiritual storms that attack our souls. Not the hurricane and the winds that brew in the Atlantic, but the ones that are brewing this morning in your hearts. There are several storms brewing this morning out under the sound of my voice. And the winds that are so strong that it's distorting your senses and everything that you know and everything that you believe. The wind is so loud and is so boisterous in your heart and in your world right now. And it's making things seem bigger and scarier than what they really are. But I come this morning to speak, to teach, or to preach to you that it'll be okay. It's only the wind. (laughs) I come with the sole purpose this morning to preach against the winds of doubt, fear, insecurity, and discouragement. The Bible says in the Old Testament that Joshua said when he was in a heated battle, he asked the Lord to make the sun stand still and the moon stay where it is. And the Bible says that there has never been a day like it before or since. In other words, what Joshua did that day, no man has been able to replicate. And I believe in my whole heart that if Peter would have gotten to Jesus and would not have doubted and sank into the sea and reached the Lord, I can't help but think that same scripture would have been applied, that what Peter did, no man would have been able to ever do since that time until now. Amen. If you would keep your eyes on Jesus and not allow the winds of doubt and discouragement to distract you. I believe you're about to do something with and for God that no one has ever seen done before, nor will they ever see do again. But you can't let the winds and the waves distract you. You're on your way to a miracle. And if you can keep your eyes on Jesus, if you can keep your eyes on Jesus... God is about to work the miraculous. Amen. The word of the Lord says in verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. What caught my attention every time I read this verse is that it was not their idea to go into the storm. They didn't look at each other and said, You know, I think we ought to go sailing. No one looked at each other and presented the idea 
But the Bible says that God constrained them. I looked in, the, in, in, in a Webster dictionary. The word constrain means to force. In other words, they didn't want this. They didn't choose the circumstance. But rather, God forced them into the storm. I want you to know that you didn't choose the storm that you're in right now. But I want to remind you that God is the one that sent you into the storm. They were just fine where they were at. They would have been content to be with Jesus on the shore. Ronnie Weed last week was here preaching, and he mentioned Job and how Job was minding his own business. Until God said to the devil, have you considered my servant? And in that moment, God launched Job into the biggest storm of his life that would forever test his faith. And when Job thought that God had forgotten him, and when Job thought that God had abandoned him, I looked in my Bible, in Job chapter 38 and verse 1, the word of the Lord says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. God showed up in the midst of Job's storm. And this is what I heard the Lord whisper to me. That if God would send you into the storm, he'll be the one to get you out of it. Job 40 and 6. Then answered the Lord again out of the whirlwind. Can't you see God? Can't you see, Job, that God is in your storm? I'm trying to tell somebody this morning. God is in your storm this morning. He is in the winds of life that is pulling at the strings of your troubled and turned soul. Matthew 14 and 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the water. And I don't know about you, but if you're ever out on water like we were on Pine Island, Everything can look the same if you're in the middle of the, the lake or if you're in the middle of the ocean or wherever it be. People get lost at sea because waves begin to look the same. Landmarks begin to get blurred. Brother Grant and Brother DeLatte taught me when you're out at sea, find a landmark that is significant, like a lighthouse of some sort. That way if you ever get lost and your GPS system messes up, Find that landmark and head back to it. So maybe this is just me. But if you notice, the Bible says that Jesus walked right up to the disciples where they were at. God doesn't need a GPS system. God doesn't need satellite. God knows exactly where you're at in the midst of your storm. He knows what you're going through, and somewhere in the storm, and somewhere in the winds, you have forgotten that you did not choose the storm, but that the storm chose you. As a matter of fact, Jesus chose you to go through the storm. And if Jesus was your way in, Jesus is going to be your way out. I heard a man say this, God brought Moses to the Red Sea. And if God brought you to it, he will bring you through it. 
And so when the wind is boisterous, amen, the wind was boisterous. The Bible says Peter got afraid, and he began to sink. And he says, Lord, save me. How powerful of a statement a man can make to be sinking in life, to be sinking in his circumstance, and to say, Lord, save me. Peter didn't look back to his friends because he knew none of them were about to jump ship to save him. But he looked forward to one man and to only one person who had the ability to save him. And it's the same person who has the ability to save you this morning. And that is Jesus. I want you to know if God brought you into your storm, you did not choose that storm. You did not want that storm. And if you didn't choose it and you didn't want it, that means God put you in it. And if God brought you into the storm, he is going to be your way out. Don't worry about trying trying to find out a way out of your storm. Leave that up to God. If God brought you in it, he'll figure a way to get you out of it. Some of you are thinking too hard on how and if and when and but. Leave it up to God. God, you ought to turn to God and say, God, you brought me into this, and I'm trusting that you'll bring me back out. (laughs) Hallelujah. Ain't nobody else can do it for you. Only Jesus can do it. The same God can walk onto the bow of a ship of a trouble, soar, and say, peace, be still. Woo! My Lord, have mercy. And the Bible says, Peter didn't look back. He knew that in the middle of a storm, only one person can save. Only one person has the ability. And it's the man who's already standing out there on the water. And the Bible says that the moment Peter began to sink, he cried out unto the Lord. And he said, Lord, save me. And I love the next verse. The Bible says immediately the Lord stretched out his hand. Not tomorrow, not yesteryear, not a decade from now, but if you would stretch forth your hands in faith, I know a God that will stretch right back and reach for you. If you're drowning this morning, I challenge a saint, I challenge a mother, I challenge a father, I challenge a visitor. Stretch out and reach for Jesus, and he will reach back. Psalm 21, verse 1 through 2, I will lift my eyes unto the hill, because I know whence my help cometh from. It comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from a self-help book. It doesn't come from a seven-step process. It doesn't come from a cute little inspirational quote. It comes from Jesus. I want to tell somebody, your help is coming this morning. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. You think he's forgotten you? No, he hasn't. He knows exactly where you're at. And he's about to walk up in the midst of your storm this morning. Woo!
It ain't a ghost. It ain't an apparition. It ain't a fuzzy feeling. It's Jesus, and he's about to. He's about to walk right in the middle of your storm. And you say it's the darkest it's ever been. And it's the most desperate hour I've ever had in my life. Woo! Scripture says this. In the fourth hour. My father, when he was a staff sergeant and fought during the Vietnam War era, he says the most scariest time of the night is that fourth watch. He says it's the darkest part of the day, the darkest part of the night before that sun begins to rise. And he says that if you are on duty to watch as a scout, he says it's moments that are just terrifying. That's when your body gets the sleepiest. That's when you get the most tired. Somebody's tired this morning. It's the last hour. It's the fourth watch of the night. That's when you get the most tired. That's when you get the most weary. That's when the sky is the darkest. That's when the sun is the furthest from shining. And he says that's when the enemy tends to attack the most. It's in the dawn. It's right when the sun arises. The Bible says that it's in the fourth watch. But I'm glad I serve a God who comes walking up during the fourth watch of the night. Woo! I know it's the darkest time you've had to face. Oh, I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost. I know it may be dark. I know the hour may be desperate. But get ready. Jesus is about to come walking in the fourth watch of the night. <laughs> the Bible says this. Mary and Martha told the Lord, Lazarus is dead four days. Four days was the fourth watch. Four days was the fourth watch. It was the darkest moment of Mary and Martha's life. It was a desperate hour. But God said, that's all right. I'm going to let the first watch pass. First day. I'm going to let the second watch pass, second day. I'm going to let the third watch pass, third day. But on the fourth day, in that fourth watch, when it's the darkest and when you are the most loneliest and you think God has forgotten you, Jesus has a knack. We serve a God that has a knack to step onto the scene at the last moment and do one of the greatest miracles for you and in your life that you had ever seen. I'm not talking about some heroic Hollywood movie. I'm talking about a God who loves to let you hang on the cliff. And when you're about to fall off, he'll reach his hand out and save you. Why does God do that? Because he wants you to know that when he saves you, there's no doubt that it was the Lord. Peter never doubted. That's why Peter has the ability to step up. Did you know shortly after that, God said, who am I, Peter? He said, well, 
I know that for myself. Because there was a fourth watch. When I was sinking in my life and everything was dark and I lost everything and I'm sinking in the seas of life and there was a man named Jesus and he came walking up to me and he snatched me out of hell and he snatched me out of my situation and he snatched me out of the sea. So yes, thou art the Christ. I have no doubt, hey, hey, the purpose uh, that God's bringing you through, the, through your storm uh, is to let you know uh, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that can save. I'm the one that can heal. I'm the one that can do it. I'm trying to just tell somebody, get ready. Get ready, uh, get ready. Uh, Jesus is about to come. Uh, Jesus is about to come walking. Uh, Jesus is about to come walking. Uh, Peter, what do you got to say? Uh, Second Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 19. Ooh, I got to slow down. Until the day dawns and the morning star arrives. My commentary tells me that Jesus coming on the water is symbolic and literally the herald of the dawn. And Peter says in his epistle, I know what it's like to be drowning. I know what it's like when the winds are boisterous. I know what it's like when the night is so dark. And Jesus comes in, asks the hero at the last second and calms the storm. Who I'm speaking to this morning. Don't let the wind fool you. Don't let the don't let the wind distort what you've always known. Don't let the storm make you afraid. Trust in Jesus. He's coming in the fourth watch. He's coming in the fourth watch. Psalm 30 and 5 weeping may endure for a night. May endure for a night. But joy, I said, but joy is coming. Jesus is coming. It won't be dark forever. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Uh, it's the fourth watch, uh, and he's coming. And you say, well, I feel all kind of resistance. Everybody's resisting me. My family's resisting me. My children are being rebellious. I feel the winds of resistance. You know, in my experience in living for God, at any time you make up your mind to do something for God, the winds will always be contrary. (laughs) But God gave somebody a promise. You know, the Bible says that he told them to get to the other side. And he didn't get in the boat with them. He stayed back and prayed. And it always pondered and always questioned me. How come the Lord didn't get in the boat with them? And I learned and I felt from my studies is this. God never intended to come walking on the water. Because when God speaks... You can bring it to the bank. When God makes a promise, 
it's good as gold. And when God tells you, you're getting to the other side, my goodness, if he speaks that, that's all you need to know. And I don't care how contrary the wind may be. If God says, I'm getting to the other side, honey, I'm getting to the other side. And some of you uh, feel a lot of resistance. Uh, Paul says, I feel pressure on every side. Uh, I feel pressure on every side. But I want to tell you, if you're facing resistance, uh, you're in the will of God. If the winds are blowing stronger than you've ever heard, you're in the will of God. And if and I'm telling you, uh, God gave a promise to everybody in here where you're getting to the other side. You're getting to the other side. You're getting to the other side. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, can I tell you, why would God send me through a storm? Why would God allow all this to befall you? Question of the century and of the millennium. I find it comforting to know this is what God told Job 42 and 10. The Lord turned the captivity of Job. And when he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Verse 44, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Can I tell you that on the other side of the storm, Job had twice as much. And he was blessed more than he was before going through the storm. The storm is not meant to take away. The storm is meant to add to. The storm is not meant to curse. The storm is meant to bless. The storm is not meant to cut in half. The storm is meant to double. And you are feeling this morning, somebody's feeling this morning that the storm is a curse and I'm all alone. And I'm losing, uh, and things are being taken away from me. Uh, but I want you to know you're about to do something incredible together with God, uh, such as never been seen uh, and never will be seen again. Uh, but you've got to keep your eyes uh, on uh, Jesus. It puzzles me. I'm coming to a quick close. Coming to a quick close, the Bible says, always puzzles me how come Peter wanted to walk out to meet the Lord. How many here would have volunteered that? Not me. And it always puzzled me, why would Peter take that risk when the winds are blowing, when the storm is raging? Until I read in my little notes here in this commentary of my Bible. And it says, let me read it to you, verse 28 and 29. Peter said unto him, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, 
bid me come to thee on the water. And he said, come. And asking to come out of the water, Peter would momentarily be transformed from victim of the storm to master of the storm. And I tell you, God's intention is not for you to be the victim of your storm. God's intention is not for you to be tossed and turned. God's intention is not for the storm to destroy you. But God's intention is for you to be a master of your storm with Him. The Bible says there is nothing, God has nothing at His disposal that you're not able to do. But greater works than these. But greater works than these. But greater work than these shall you do. Let's stand this morning. In the boat is safety. Our musicians want to come. In the boat is safety. But in Jesus is salvation. In Jesus is salvation. You're going through a storm this morning. The storm is raging. I don't know what it is. Everybody has different battles. And everybody's going through different things. But the storm is the same. And the purpose of the storm is the same. And the one who brings you into the storm is the same one that's going to bring you out. But the Bible says that when Peter saw the wind, you can't see the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects that the wind has. And the wind is blowing in your life uh, and is causing all kind of chaos uh, and is causing all kind of noise uh, and is just turning everything upside down uh, and is causing things to creak uh, and is causing shadows to look big uh, and you're scared uh, and you're frightened uh, and you wonder where Jesus is. And Jesus wants me to tell you I'm on my way. You're in the fourth hour. It's time. Woo! You're in the fourth hour. That's all right. It's time. Look out onto the sea. Look out onto the sea. And stretch for me. (laughs) Jesus is saying this morning, You can stay in the boat if you want to. But in the boat, the storm will continue on. In the boat, the storm will keep raging. But those that want to see what I can do in their storm, come. Come. Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to sink. That's all right. If you do, he'll save you. If you do, he'll reach for you. God's trying to reach for somebody this morning. I'm, I'm done with my notes. There's nothing in my notes that can, that can help anybody. But I feel an unction in the Holy Ghost. Uh, and I feel a touch in my spirit uh, that there's a storm raging in your house. Uh, there's a storm raging in your world. Uh, and you want to know if Jesus still knows where you're at. Uh, honey, he's about to walk right into the middle of your mess. 
and he's about to calm that storm. But you got to trust that he can. And you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Baby, it's okay. It's only the wind. Woo. It's only the wind. Don't be afraid in his eye. Don't be afraid in his eye. Don't be afraid in his eye. Be of good cheer. preaching to you an apparition. I'm not preaching to you some made up folklore. I'm not making some kind of fairy tale. It ain't a ghost. It's Jesus. And he has the ability to calm your storm and step into your world and save a human soul from sinking. Same power that rose Jesus. Yes. The same power. 